This is Issues 2022. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wichita City Manager Robert Layton. Welcome to Issues 2022, sir. Thank you, Steve. Great to be with you. After uh, six years as Wichita Police Chief, Gordon Ramsey has resigned, as you know, and will head back to his home state of Minnesota in March. How do you assess Ramsey's performance as Wichita Chief? Well, I think that Gordon um, did everything that we asked of him when he took the job. If you remember, we went through uh, an extensive process of identifying what we wanted in a chief, uh, what we thought the 21st century police department in Wichita should look like. Uh, we had a lot of community input uh, in getting us to that point. And Gordon has uh, really uh, achieved all of the major objectives uh, that were uh, outlined at that time. I Probably the most important thing is that he has been um, responsible for a significant enhancement of our community outreach uh, and working hard to build trust in the community of the police department. And uh, there are a whole lot of folks who felt underrepresented um, before Gordon got here that now feel that they have a voice in police operations okay. and in police policies. So, so what happens now as the city looks for a new chief? What's, what's, what's next? I know something's going on right now, but <laughs> right, yeah, it's gonna, we're um, it's it's a pretty extensive process, and it's similar to what uh, we did when we brought Gordon to town. Uh, and right now, I'm in the process of uh, selecting a company to help guide us through the recruitment and selection process, and we did that uh, again six years ago. The um, uh, process uh, in terms of the selection of the consultants. We'll have some staff members, but we're also going to have some community members. I've got three uh, representatives of the community and two uh, council members that will help uh, review and and select the consultant that will guide the the start of the process. And and then once that company is on board, we'll start to visit with them on outlining uh, the entire uh, recruitment and selection process, uh, the timetable, more importantly, the steps all along the way, uh, where we can have significant community input. A lot of folks have said they want to make sure they're involved in the, the uh, asking questions of the final candidates, but it really starts well before that. We need to have community input in the de- uh, establishment of a job description uh, to determine what the profile is of the ideal candidate. So uh, as we select this consultant, we're looking for folks that have had experience in engaging the community on both the front end and the back end of the process. Could you share one or two qualities that uh, you will seek in looking at applicants? Sure, sure. Well, obviously, I want someone who's going to continue with the public outreach and continue to build relationships in the community and that everyone in the community feels that they've been heard uh, if when they've ha- expressed uh, issues uh, or concerns about our police programming. Um, I want to see, uh, and this kind of goes along with that, I want to see a continued emphasis on community policing. Uh, folks forget that we are one of the first cities in the country to introduce community policing, and so we want to continue to enhance that model. So I'm looking for someone that uh, is, uh, understands the principles and is willing to, to get even more creative in uh, making those community connections through community policing. And that, uh, of course, is we have to build that with our uh, our uh, uh, officers on the street as well. When it comes to um, make, go yeah. ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean, when it yeah. comes to making a final decision, is it uh, is something that the the city council says? Oh, we're going to offer to to this person, or is that your decision, or who who makes that? 
Right. It's my decision, uh, but it's guided from a lot of feedback. Uh, I I know that we'll have a selection committee that uh, will be appointed. Uh, the mayor and each of the council members will have an opportunity to interview candidates. Uh, members of the department will have opportunities to interview the uh, final candidates. And then we'll have community forums that uh, where each candidate will field questions from the public. Mm-hmm. And we're asking for feedback from every participant that uh, is involved in one of those meetings. And so I'll look at all of that feedback um, as well as my perceptions of the candidates before making a decision. But that is ultimately uh, uh, the city manager's decision. Do you have a deadline for a replacement, Bob? Uh, Not yet. Um, You know, we've got a very capable uh, interim right now in Lem Moore, and so I'm confident the department will function well and move forward during his uh, period of time in leadership. Uh, so it's not as if this is something that has to get done in the next 60 days. And then of course, that's unrealistic. But the reason I can't commit to a time is that the consultants that um, have submitted proposals for this process vary in the number of months that it would take to go through their processes. So I, I think it will depend somewhat on who we pick and then uh, what we negotiate in terms of process. You know, Public Works got a chance to perform during the recent snowstorm. How did they do? Well, yeah, you know, a lot of times, well, I judge it two ways, right? My perception is I'm driving on city streets, and then the perception of our public. And overall, I think we got pretty good marks. Um, it was a difficult storm to deal with. These are the worst storms. And if you remember, Steve, a few years ago, we went through a similar storm where it hits us, and then we go into a deep freeze. And so, it, it, and, and, and then we had rain beforehand. So we can't put down a lot of salt uh, before the storm, or else it'll get washed away. And then we have a very short window in which we can get the main streets open. And then anything that's uh, left on the street for, you know, by the time the night hits is going to be frozen on the streets for a couple of days. Um, I think we responded as well as we could on the storm. And overall, I've heard good things from the public. Um, and, uh, you know, we were fortunate again because after two days, the temperature started to increase and all of our um, uh, tactics, so to speak, started to really work. And we, the streets got pretty clear pretty fast. How many trucks do we have? What's 150? Did we have that many? Yeah, I apologize, Steve. That's a number I should I know. Don't, and I don't, know. I, I don't yeah. remember offhand, but you're, that's about right. Plus, we have... Um, other, we have parks crews that are working in, in, at their facilities and in the parks to get those open. And, um, you know, we've got uh, uh, those are pre- our two primary per- uh, ways of fighting it. And we can also contract for parking lots and some other uh, city facilities. So, so if we got plenty of salt and sand left over to cover the rest of the winter, we could have another, you know, around Easter time, we could have another one. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, some of our worst storms have been March storms, yeah. right? Um, right. Yeah, we're, yes, we're prepared. Um, you know, we had one winter in the last uh, 12 years that I can remember where we were really low on our sand and salt, especially our salt by the end of the year. But that has not been a problem, and uh, we have uh, you know, ample uh, material for the future uh, or Which, for the last part of the winter. Where do we, where do we buy our salt? Or where, do you get it all from Topeka or from Hutchinson then? Or Hutch, yeah, um, Hutch is our main supplier, yes. And when it's in your backyard, that's the, the as long as they have an ample supply, that's the, the cheapest approach for us. Okay. Well, you're working with two new city council members, Maggie Ballard and Mike Hoheisel. What are your initial impressions? 
Uh, Steve, they're my bosses, so it's really not appropriate uh, for me. To so you're not going to say, them. you know, Maggie's okay, but Mike stinks, or vice versa. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's, uh, you know, it's been uh, great working with them so far. We've got um, uh, a lot of material that we've, uh, you know, shared with them, and uh, it's just a matter of trying to determine what they need in order to be able to make decisions and, and how best to staff them, and that, that's what we're working on with them on. And, and you know, they, they come in with their own sets of priorities, and at some point the mayor and council will need to get together to determine priorities for this, uh, for 22 and for uh, 23, and I know that they'll have some strong thoughts about uh, some issues. Okay, so I'll call. You, I'll ask you this again before the next election, so we can have an impact on their lives. Okay. <laughs> yes, and I think I'll have the same response. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, what are what are the uh, uh, public contact and masking restrictions at at City Hall right now with regard to the pandemic? Yeah, great question, Steve. We, we right now, if you enter into any of our city facilities, indoor facilities, you'll be required to have a mask on. And uh, we did that because of the community spread and how significant it was, but also the impact we were having with our employees. Um, at our worst moment, which is only about three, four weeks a, uh, ago, we had probably close to 200 people uh, in a single day on in quarantine and 80 to, 80 to 90 uh, employees that had uh, positive test results that were infected. And those are big numbers for us, and those were higher than any time during the pandemic. So we wanted to protect our employees as well protect the people that are in our buildings because, as you know, you know, some of our employees can test positive, but they were asymptomatic, so we don't know who they exposed. So we're, again, trying to keep everybody safe. Our numbers now are down significantly, and, and as of yesterday, we were in the single digits in terms of number of employees that wow. are infected. So what we'll do is monitor that for the next week or two. I've just talked to all of my department directors about that, and if the numbers stay like they are right now, we'll go ahead, make masks optional, go back to the way we were. Um, and then uh, uh, we've also done some other uh, things to restrict travel. Uh, no one's allowed to go on city travel outside of the city. Um, and we'll probably go ahead and lift that uh, limitation as well. But we, we, again, we're, we're trying to monitor this, and we recognize that it, circumstances are going to change as the virus changes. Well, this latest dead variant hit everybody. Everybody say, you know, everybody's going to get this. It's, it's like yeah. everybody got that thing. So. Yeah, it was amazing how quickly um, we spiked up in terms of the number yeah. of infections. And to me, it's it's amazing, even though they were predicting it, how quickly we came down. Um, yeah, but you know what? We're prepared. It's, I mean, we understand there's a new variant uh, that's a modification of Omicron, so we're going to have to watch that, and uh, we'll 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 be flexible. But we've been able to offer most of our programming, um, and uh, where we've had to cut back is mostly because we were short staff, and uh, you know, so we had a you know a few bumps in the road in that regard. But we're doing fine right now. You're listening to Issues 2022 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Wichita City Manager Robert Layton. How has the city's workforce held up during the pandemic? You get a good overview there, but uh, going back over the months, uh, have have you has anybody in city employee have, they, have you lost anybody? Has anyone died from this? Yeah, unfortunately, we've had um, a few deaths um, among our employees, and uh, you know that's. That's a significant uh, loss for us in terms of the emotional 
piece of it, um, as well as just, you know, missing that into, you know, that person uh, and recognizing, you know, that it's not just that they're, they've left our, you know, work family, but they, you know, they leave other family members behind. And, you know, just it, it really tugs at, at everybody um, when someone gets seriously ill or when they pass away uh, from COVID. Um, and so, that you know, I would say that as an organization, we've been pretty resilient, um, but we've also recognized that it is taking a toll on our employees. And so we're doing some things through Impact, which has our employee assistance program, to provide um, uh, guidance for employees that just want to sit down and talk about the the burdens that they're feeling and maybe some of the pressures and the impact it's having on mental health. That's um, that's part of the, that's part of an aspect of all this. That I've experienced early on, I think you and I might have even talked about it uh, during the pandemic, is the mm-hmm. mental aspect of the unknown and of people getting sick. I had a few down days, I know, and, I, and a lot of my friends said the same thing. You know, it's so important that we address the mental health needs in our community, you know, for us in our organization, but the community as a whole. You know, we've, we're, we're having those discussions. In fact, the city council and the county commission are going to be meeting with representatives of the Mental Health and Substance Abuse Coalition later this month to get recommendations on what we could do better to enhance the resources that are available to, to folks that are going through mental health crises. And uh, I, I just think we need to, to be more mindful of that. And frankly, I think that's what we should look at as an emphasis for the next couple of years. We we're fortunate, and I say next couple of years, it's an ongoing effort, but we're fortunate that we have some federal assistance that's available to us that can help us maybe get the facilities in place and then help us in terms of training programs so we get the professionals necessary to address the mental health um, issues and problems that are in our community today. How has uh, the supply chain challenge impacted your operations? I you know you haven't been able to to get your new limousine uh, for a while, but <laughs> how about that? Yeah, it's funny. I, you know, it's, I'm also, uh, you know, because of the hiring problems, I also can't get a driver anymore. Either, but, uh, no, um, you know, it's, Steve, what's, what we're seeing in terms of supply chain, I'm going to talk about it in two different ways. The supply chain in terms of materials, driving up the cost of construction has really been difficult for us. Um, Almost every project that we're sending out to bid right now are coming in substantially higher than the architects or engineers estimates. And those estimates tried to predict the uh, uh, supply chain uh, uh, dilemma, and they were still too low in terms of their estimates. So it's any, I think anyone that is building today will tell you it's a real challenge, and we're hoping that that will get resolved so we can get back to a reasonable environment for construction. Because you can imagine, you know, I, I've, we've got a, a, a capital improvement program, a 10-year program that's over a billion dollars, and so you can imagine every year we're involved pretty significantly in construction of streets and uh, bridges as well as buildings. And, and so um, that, that piece is hurting us. And we've had to even uh, uh, start to consider uh, delaying some projects so maybe we get in a better construction climate. But the other piece of it is the supply chain as it pertains to people, right? And um, I think you talk to any employer in the area, and they're going to tell you how difficult it is to get people in the door. And uh, it was another discussion I just had with uh, our department director team is uh, are the challenges we're having to get qualified candidates 
uh, into almost every department to fill the vacancies that we have. And we're going to have to be creative, and we're also going to have to talk about there, this it's more than just your uh, paycheck, but it's w- what it means to be in an organization that has, you know, good benefits that has um, is considered to be one of the preferred employers in the area and gives you great opportunities for uh, advancement. So we have to be a lot more um, creative in the way that we recruit pe- recruit people. How has the pandemic affected the city's taxation and revenue? Well, that's been a surprise to us. Um, we actually are doing better in terms of revenue uh, than we thought we would be. Um, we could not have made it through the, the really tough part of COVID without the money that came from the federal government. We, you know, we um, have $50 million that is backfilling our lost revenues from the COVID period. Uh, from the first 18 months of COVID. But we've started to see our revenues rebound, our local revenues. And we've been very surprised at how strong sales tax revenue is. And that's great for us because that's to be used to help uh, reduce the property tax burden on residents. And it also is used for capital projects. So that's, um, that, that is helping us uh, significantly. How is next year's budget shaping up then uh, regarding spending? Going to spend more this year, less, or...? Well, in 22, we'll, we'll be spending more because if you remember, we were down significantly in uh, 20 and in 21. Uh, COVID um, made it difficult for us to, well, first of all, we we cut some programs because we needed to financially, but we cut a lot of programs because we weren't in a position to be able to offer them. Uh, we, you know, much reduced uh, offering of park and rec programming. We had to change our library model, a um, number of things like that. We're now moving back to a, a more uh, normal environment uh, in terms of what we offer. And so our budget is up in that regard. Okay. Uh, so what's next for performing arts and convention hosting? Is that, gonna, is that thing still on the back burner? Well, I, I, I'm not sure in which way you're asking. In terms of Century <laughs> 2, sure. uh, ASM is operating Century 2 for us now, yeah. and they're doing a great job. They're programming into the facility. They're the same ones that manage uh, Interest Bank Arena. In terms of the his, you know, the future of the round building, uh, I don't think there's anything right now that's being actively presented to the council for review. Um, we've been dealing with um, you know other issues I'm sure at some point that that will come up. Uh, I'm operating under the assumption that Century 2 is going to be with us for a while, and so we need to make some improvements in the building, make it the best that we can so that we can continue to um, make it attractive for users. Uh, And so, yeah, right now it's more a business operation that I'm concerned about. Old Town and the Delano District are great visitor attractions. What are we doing to make sure that folks are safe down there? Uh, we've added a downtown bureau, and so we have um, officers that are now working downtown and focused in that area, not coming from other parts of the town. Although on Friday nights and Saturday nights, we still supplement those officers with officers from other uh, bureaus or other locations in the city to make sure that we that people are safe. And uh, what we found is if you look at the statistics, generally speaking, uh, downtown, whether it's Old Town or Delano or the core of downtown, 
there, it's as, you're as safe there as you are in other parts of the city. But it, there's a perception that maybe you're not because there are when there is a problem or incident, it's it's uh, publicized and people seem to focus on it. Mm-hmm. But then the statistics don't really bear that out. Uh, but we continue to be visible so people do feel safe when they're downtown. There's an effort to look at food availability in the city. What do, what's the city government's role here uh, regarding food? Yeah, uh, again, a great question and one that we're still trying to, to define. The, the federal dollars that came to us as the pandemic um, hit are going to be used to come up at least with a short-term solution, a program that we're going to call, that's it'll be called something like Corner Market. And the idea is how do we get fresh food in the hands of residents in areas that are in food deserts or areas that have food challenges? And we want to use the infrastructures in place, which that means the corner stores, whether it's a convenience store, it's a dollar store. We want to work with them so that they can get fresh produce as part of their offering. And that way, we're not talking about putting millions of dollars into a a loan for a grocery store that only serves a certain neighborhood. We think this model can work well throughout the city. So we'll we'll be using some of what's known as our ARPA dollars uh, to go ahead and help with that this next year. And we're in the process of designing that and bringing it forward to the council. But how long have you been a city manager now? Just uh, celebrated my 13th anniversary. Wow. And that's, isn't that quite a long time for a city manager? Well, it doesn't seem that long for me. No, I mean, um, uh, yeah, no, in our in our profession, um, it's uh, especially in larger cities, uh, it's the average tenure is probably I don't know now maybe six, yeah, six or seven years. When I first started in the business, it was around four. Oh, um, so there is more longevity. So, so you came in here for, uh, to Wichita. What is about this town? That for some people, they come here and say, you know, I'm going to spend a little time here. What is it about this town? Uh. Yeah, Steve, I, you and I have talked about this before. To me, it's the people. I, it, it, the people that live in this community um, are, I think, are the, uh, it's what makes it unique. And I have been received um, uh, so well by people in the community. They can disagree with what I do, um, but most of the time, especially in uh, face-to-face meetings, they're not disagreeable. And uh, I've, you know, I have people continually uh, talk to me about their concerns, but they're also complimentary about some of the work that we're doing. And it's just, I like the, the people of Wichita. And I think that's, uh, the more you're here, you you know, we've got amenities and we're, and we're a different city than we were 13 years ago in terms of what's available for all of us to do in our leisure time. But even in terms of the work environment, I wouldn't come in here smiling every day if it wasn't for the people that we serve. Tell you what, there's been a lot going on over those 13 years. I can tell you just, uh, you know, New stadium, a lot of a lot of other things. The downtown, this core area looks so much different. We get these apartment buildings and so forth. Uh, oh, it sure it does. Is. And and the other thing is to remember that we we are doing what we can to make sure that our investments aren't just downtown. And there's sometimes a feeling neighborhoods get left behind. And so I've been very aware of that. The council has been aware of that. And I would say that. You know, I'm, I'm one of the things I'm most proud about is the amount of money that we have been able to put into street repairs. Uh, when I got here, it was $4 million a year. And now I think uh, at the end of our uh, capital improvement program, uh, we'll be at $20 million a year. So it's mm-hmm. significant increase in, in uh, resources going into the neighborhoods. Okay, so I won't mention uh, how neglected Riverside is 
today. We'll leave that for a <laughs> Well, you know what? I'll put it on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, we're out of time uh, again. Always always good to talk to you. There's all great information, and we appreciate it. Thank you for being with us here on, on Issues. Our guest Steve, is thank you. It was great visiting. Wichita City Manager Robert Layton. That's all for this edition of Issues 2022, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.